tonight. Lord. It's good to see each one. I really yes. feel that way in my heart. Amen. I'm just thankful to be in your midst and in your presence. And uh, I, I just hope that uh, I can somehow read the Word of God that may That's bless right. a heart, That's may right. touch yes. someone's life. Right. It's the words of God that we need. So we've got yeah, the... That's right. Amen. Everyone stands in need of God tonight. Right. We all stand right. in need of His Word, whether we've been sanctified for many years or maybe we have not yet made that start. We all stand in need of the Word tonight. And uh, I can't, can't, in spite of I had seemed like plenty of time, I couldn't locate any scriptures I've read lately. I don't know... <laughs> They just can. They're still there, there, but they hide really well when you're trying to find them. But we'll do the best we can. I may have to pull some from memory. And uh, been reading a lot in the Gospels lately, in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's just such. um, What what I when I read about the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ, I'm just so impressed that it is it is so evasive. His teachings is it it even out in a Christian world and in a Christian nation, there's so much that is missed. That's true. And right. and I just marvel at the That's way true. that God can speak and, and people just don't hear. Right. right. It's almost it, it and it's just some of the ways that God works and I'm trying to uh, get a better understanding of that. And uh, but as I read I, I guess maybe what got me thinking about it is a couple of weeks ago, um, and Renee and I were back at home just riding around. We were in traffic, and we come behind a car. There's a bumper sticker on the car. They had a, it was a quote on it, and from it was from the man Gandhi. And I don't know a whole lot about him, to be honest with you. I assume he was speaking from a uh, from a Hindu faith. Yeah. And it said the quote said. Um, it said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are nothing like your Christ. And it kind of it kind of struck me. There's, You know, there's a little bit of truth in that. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you really begin to read about the man that Christ was, it is such an unnatural thing to live your life in this manner and to recognize that this was the Son of God that left His heavenly throne and humbled Himself. I mean, humbled Himself like no one and became obedient unto death. And not just that, but He took on Him just the form of flesh. And even in that form of flesh, He did not walk around as the King that He was. He did not come in the manner that uh, a God worthy of such praise and honor would come. He came in such a meek and humble way, and it wasn't just his birth, but all throughout his life, every, and you think, surely there's going to be a time and he's going to triumph and he's going to reign, and and everyone's going to recognize, but when you just read over and over and over, he humbled himself and just passed away and forsook that glory and that honor that's so tempting for everyone to partake of, and while he went, He began to preach. He began to talk. Well, why did people, why were they attracted to him? What was was it about him? Because he didn't exalt himself. He was not a tall, good-looking king of a man with 50 men running before him and riding on a chariot. There was no beauty. Why did people 
Why were people drawn to him? That's a good question. There was just something about him. People were drawn to him. It was a... I, I don't. It was just a aura about this man, yeah. and what it really was. You hammer down to it. It was the words that he spake, right. because the scripture tells us that never a man That's spake right. like this man. Right. Right. And I could not find the scripture, but what, early yeah. in his ministry, and he it. went, and it said, as his custom was, right. yeah. he went into the synagogue, yeah, and. And into a church. Yep. People were familiar with the Word of God. We're looking for the coming of the Lord. And and he went into the church and he stood up for to read. And yeah. they delivered to him the book right. of the prophet Isaiah. Right. And he began he opened the book and he began to read. And he started reading there in the sixty first chapter. He just right. read a couple well, of verses. They had heard that scripture. Yes. They knew that. Right. I think they were probably familiar yeah, with the yeah, book of Isaiah. Yeah. That's where he read from, and he read the Spirit of the Lord God that's is right. upon me because yeah. the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings, good tidings to yes. the meek. To send me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And it was like when he got through, he through reading that scripture, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And then it was like all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were just fastened on him. There was something about it. What was it? It was something different. And the difference was his next words he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. They never heard that before. That was, that was different. That was new. Isaiah said in that day, there shall be, or Zechariah, and that day there shall be a fountain open. Yeah, Jeremiah right. prophesied, Behold, yeah. the days come. And all through the prophets, it was a prophesying of a day to come, a day yeah. to come. And in that day, yeah, and, and behold, the days come. Yeah, day. And G when Jesus came and began to preach, this day is this, this scripture fulfilled in yeah. your ears. Right. And he yeah. preached so many wonderful things. He just, I just marvel at the way he, uh, he kind of preached everywhere he went. And yeah, he, did. he didn't have to have big multitudes and lots of people and lots of fanfare. He preached to the multitudes. Yes, he did. But he, he just, he one time he was, he just sat down. He was tired and sat down by a well. His disciples went into town to buy meat. And there come a woman to the well. One on one. Just one on one. No one around. And, but he began to impart to her the words of life and his love. It was something different. She began to respond to that and, and listen to his words. And when he got through with her, she was in she was vile. she was in transgression she was not in favor of god he knew her heart he knew her life and she began to say you know, he said go call your husband she said i don't have a husband and he knew he said well thou hast well said you have no husband because you've had five husbands and who you now have is not your husband so you did say that truly but in spite of her condition, he began to say, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that talked with you, you would ask and he would give the living water. And when she went back to the city, she said, come and see a man that told me all things that ever I did is not this to Christ. Let me go and read a little bit some of his words. I just marvel at the way he... There was a, When he was going forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and said, Good master, yeah, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Yeah. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? Yeah. There is none good but one, that is God. That's 
Kind of always marveled at that. Of course he was good. This is the Son of God. I was not out of the way for that man to say that. But in, he was such... His mission was to glorify his Father. It was not on his flesh. It was not on his body. And he began to take the praise and the honor and deflect it away from him. And, and all this honor and praise went to the Father. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe there's some, I don't know what your situation is in the congregation tonight. No, we don't. no doubt if you've been to, no doubt you've been to church, and if you've been to a church of any kind, you've probably had an experience with God. Yeah. And no, God may have revealed Himself to you. But having an experience with God and, and observing the commandments of God is, is just starting to scratch the surface. And what we want to tell you tonight is that if you find yourself in, in, a bat, in a struggle, maybe you've had an experience, maybe there's a part of you that yep. wants to do right and wants go the way of the Lord, God. wants to be closer yeah, to God, right. but there's another part of you that is still under, right. the, under the bondage of the enemy. Right. We're preaching a message tonight that, that God has something better for you yeah, and you right. can be Amen. delivered from every wit. And if you decide that that is the route you want to go, there's a message right here in that he's, Jesus beholding Him loved Him yep. and said one thing thou lackest. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. And when he he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. I I just can't read all this. How about this one? The ten... Well... James and John, they kind of, they wanted to, they went behind the back of the other disciples one time and they went and asked Jesus, they said, let, let grant unto us that we'll sit one on your right hand and one on your left yep. in thy glory. When you come into the glory of your Father, we want to be one just right up there with you. And the other ten, when they heard about it, the other disciples, they didn't really like that. They were displeased with James and John. And Jesus called unto them and saith unto them. Now y'all just y'all just listen. Listen to what this says. You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise authority upon them, but so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you yeah. shall be your minister. Yeah. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. I wanted to read a little bit from the Sermon on the Mount, and, and maybe I can just pull little bits and pieces. What impresses me is that this is so contrary. What Jesus taught is so contrary to the natural man. And it is... And you are going to have, if you are going to be a Christian, I started, one time I went and got a dictionary and looked at it. What does that mean? We're all Christians. Everybody's, we live in a Christian nation. There's so many Christians all around us. What is a Christian? What does it mean? What's a stand? What is a, what is the definition? And I think what I run it, what I found was that it was someone who is of 
and like the teachings of Christ. A student, a follower, a follower of the teachings of Christ. So how important is it if you profess to be a Christian tonight that you know what they were, what the teachings of Christ were? You need to really get in the Word yourself and find out what He taught, what He said, what He stood for. Because you may not get a precise picture of what He taught from outside influences. This is what He said. And if you're going to live by the, by the teachings of Christ, it is going to take a higher power than yes, what you were is. born with. It's going to take more yes, than willpower. Is. There's going to have to be a change, a definite change yes, in your is. life at some point right. when you say, I'm not that way. I'm going to follow God. Yeah. I'm going after Him. Yeah. I'm going to be forgiven of my sins. I'm turning my back on sin. Right. I need the power That's of the Holy right. Ghost. That's and, right. and, Holy Ghost power. Amen. <laughs> This is different. Never man spake like this man. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. He goes on down and says, Bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And to him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. And brothers and sisters, I believe that we will stand in the presence of God, of this man Jesus Christ, to give an account of these words. Right. Give unto every man that asketh of thee. Did I just read that? For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For yeah. sinners also love them. Let me get on down. I'm, this just goes on and on. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't read it all. <clears throat> Let me go on over here to the twelfth chapter of Luke. This is some good some of my favorite scripture. I enjoy this twelfth chapter of Luke. That's and good. uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. it says said unto his disciples let me back up a little bit he spake a parable unto them saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room to bestow my fruits and he said this will I do I will pull down my barns and build greater And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night is thy soul required of thee. Then whose shall those things be for that for which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And how much effort and how much time is the... do people put and laying up treasure for themselves? And I know we have to do an extent of that. And there's going to come a day when maybe if whatever occupation you're in, I know the one I'm in, I'm not going to be able to do forever. I can't, my body's not going to hold up the rest of my life. I'm going to ha- I have to make provisions for the future. But so many putting so much emphasis and so much, and, and when you're leaving out, leaving out the eternity, and was it, someone mentioned that this morning. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Consider the ravens. 
For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. <laughs> and God feedeth them. Yeah, he does. How much more are you better than the fowls? Doesn't that scripture just kind of makes you feel a little humble, doesn't it? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Let me go on down. This is what I was wanting to get to. If God so clothe the grass, which today is in the field, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O ye of little faith? Seek not ye, seek not ye what ye shall eat, nor what ye shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind. For all these nations do the Gentiles seek, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I go on down with that. Let me get on. I can't really put my finger on the scripture, but there's one point, one place in that Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was talking about the light of the world. Yep. Now he's talking to the Christians. Now he's talking to those that hold up the name of Christ. Yes. And he says that ye yes. are the light of the world. Right. A city set on the hill cannot be hid. And this is the words of Christ that come, it just kind of come to me. And it's, it seems like the to whom much is given, much is required. And when yep, you open yep. the book and God opens your understanding, then the Scripture in Ecclesiastes says, He that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. And the reason it will you will increase your sorrow and your grief is because when you come to an understanding of God's will for your yep. life, there is you recognize that it is an account, you are now accountable of that. Right. And it is going to cost you something. Yeah. Every time, whether you've been sanctified or and you really dig into the Word of God and really ask God for it to show you His will, right. Lord, I want to know whatever it costs, it will cost you something. Right. And that is where the grief and the sorrow yeah. and there's going to be a period of struggle and the devil is going to say, no, nah, you you're all right. You don't need to give up those things. Yeah, you, don't need to, you don't need to make those sacrifices in order to follow God. You're doing just fine. But he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. And it seemed like that scripture just recently kind of came to me and I began to understand. That is why when you see people fall under conviction and the Spirit of God comes down and they recognize, the understanding comes that they are lost in the sight of God. They stand before God vile and there is sorrow. There is a, it's a godly sorrow and it worketh to repentance. And that repentance worketh to salvation not to be repented of. But, but nevertheless, there is a period of time when there is sorrow and there is grief. And when we get into the Word of God and God gives us an understanding, immediately there is an accountability of that. So when you take the Word of God down, you pray a prayer to God, and if you hold up the name and you want to be a Christian, there's going to have to be some accountability for what you read in His Word. Now, what I was getting at, though, was that you're the light of the world. And I guess this is a script. i got to give all... It's... This is just kind of what the Lord tells me. He also went on in that very same passage and said, Ye are the salt of the earth. Right. You're the, you're the salt of the earth. Put a lot of responsibility on And what is, you know, this is, some, this is plain man's terms that we can all understand. Salt is the seasoning. Right. And when you've got a recipe of sorts, 
you put the salt in and you don't see it but you it the, it dissolves yeah. And it goes throughout this pot, whatever you're cooking, the taste. Now, here we are standing in the world, and we God is telling us that we are the salt. You're the salt of the earth. You have to have influence. Now, if you have lost, it says if the salt has lost its savor, if the, if the salt is not salty anymore, what are you going to do with salt that is not salty? It's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And now we realize that you are the salt of the earth. So how much influence are you having? Now it's starting starting to get a little, hit a little home, get a little closer. You're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, how are you going to make it salty again? Wherewith will you season it? It's good for nothing. So brothers and sisters, what a check up this Word of God is for us. I just say, Lord, I want to be, if I'm going to be used in your hands, if you're going to make me the salt of the earth, and I, you're going to give me an understanding and an accountability, God help me to be willing to make the sacrifice. How about this? He says, two men went up to the temple to pray. <laughs> you ever seen... <laughs> The one was a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. Now, maybe ask yourself, have you ever had this thought ever crossed your mind, come, come through your mind? God, I thank Thee that I am not as others. Other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Has anyone ever, that thought ever crossed anyone's mind? Ever? Uh, could be like them. At least I'm not that bad. The words of Christ. I tell you that this man went down justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. He goes on down and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God. And I got one in my house and if y'all have one maybe in your fa- somewhere in your family and you realize that the state of innocence that they're helpless, they relying on you for everything. And of such is the kingdom of God, you must humble yourself and become as a little child. Yes, God bless. And recognize that you need God just for your daily foods, everything. You don't know how to you can't do anything without God's help. So much of this scripture, I can't take time to read it. Let me jump over to the book of John, just read you a little bit. But what I was getting at was was the words of Christ. It was the words He spake when they brought to Him the woman that was taken in adultery. Y'all remember that scripture? And there they were, just like that public, just like that Pharisee I just read you about. These were Pharisees. These were good men, church-going men, law-abiding citizens, tax-paying men. They're doing all the things on the outside pumping themselves up, looking good before men, doing uh, giving alms, do good works after good works after God good works. But God knew their heart, yeah. and they found a woman that was in vile transgression of God's commandment. Yeah. And they brought her to Christ, and she was taken in adultery, and all they had her, and, and they brought her right to Him. They were testing Him, see? 
They didn't like what he was standing for. They didn't like what he was saying to them. And they, they all right, we got her. There's no way he's going to take up for this woman. All right, and they brought her out there and said, Master, you know, we found this woman was taken. What, what do you say? In the very act. In the very act. Yeah. And they said, Moses said that uh, this man should be, that she should be stoned. Yeah. What, what do you do? What what do you say? Yeah. And Jesus just looked down, wrote on the ground. Yeah. Didn't pay him any mind. And they kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. And he was stooped down and he stood up. And this is the authority. This is the aura that this man just had. He was not taller than them. He was not louder than them. I don't think he raised his voice and shouted everywhere he went and made a big scene. But he just looked on them. Just looked at them. And he said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And then he just stooped back down and wrote on the ground. And the scripture says that they were convicted in their own, pricked in their hearts. It was his words, the words of this man. They were power, and he told them later. He told his disciples later on, and I don't time will fail me to find all that scripture. And there's so much more I can tell you about. I'd love to be just. I don't know why I can't think when I stand in this spot. It doesn't come to me like. But but he said, what and if. They were looking for a hero. They wanted something. And doesn't yeah. everybody want a hero? You want a hero? And it seems like just from the little children, people come up with these heroes and put them in comic books. And they're, they have superhuman powers. And they go out and fight evil and they always win. And, but they're, they're strong and, and have this, this might, this way about them. And people were still in that time wanting a hero. That's what people want. It's natural. That's natural. That's what you want. That's what you want to see. And here comes the Son of God and people were looking for a mighty, heroic man. And just like he said, told his disciples, he said, what and if you see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before? What if you do? And they did. They did see that. They did see him ascend up to where he was before, but he said, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. Now let me get on down to the 14th chapter of St. John. He's telling his disciples, I'm sorry I'm jumping all around, but he says, let not your heart be troubled. More of the words of Christ, more of the comfort of Christ. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. Now, you may have read this scripture before. You may have heard this scripture before. And, but let me, let me ask you, uh, let's, let's look at this again, just these couple of verses. He's telling them not to let your heart be troubled. He's trying to prepare them for his, he was going to be taken away. He knew he was going to be taken from them. And he's trying to get them ready. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. 
gave him the promise. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Where was Christ? Where was He? He was in the flesh. He was in the Spirit. He was walking a, sin, a life free from sin above the world. He's not saying that... He didn't say that where I'm going to be... He said, where I am. He, didn't, he wasn't talking to them about a place some way off in the future. So don't take the Scripture and put it off as that you have no hope here and it's just got to be way off in the future. But, but He said, I go to prepare a place for you. God was making a way for you to come out of sin, for you to get out of the life that they were in. They were walking with Christ. They were with Christ. But only through the... Only because they were with Him did they have the power. When He was taken away, they didn't have that power. But that's why He said, I'm going to come again. I go to prepare a place for you, uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into Myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and whither I go you know, and the way you know. So they, they had that knowledge, but they didn't realize it. Yeah. And he's not telling them of some far off place, long off in the future. But God was in the flesh, yet in the Spirit, living a life pleasing to the Father. Living a life above sin. And he's telling them, I'm going to come again so that where I am, right here, there you may be also. And he indeed, he fulfilled that promise. I don't want to go on. I, I can't read all this scripture. I'm not going to read. <clears throat> Taking way too long. Um, but I do, if, if you do profess the name of Christ and you go out into the world, you go to your work and you lift up the name of Christ and you let people know that you are a Christian, you need to know what you stand for. You need to know what that means. And I encourage you to really study these books Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Really get into this Word and realize that from a high and heavenly throne, the Son of God descended and He went out of His way to avoid the publicity and avoid avoid the the pats on the back, the glory, the the honor, the men's applause, the praise of men. And He did it in such a way that only God could do. And when you get that Spirit in your heart, it's going to make you that way too. I don't want to read any more of this, but y'all, so much of it, I guess I... When he come down to the end of his life, what I was getting at a while ago was, it seemed like... Um, it, it seemed like that God was... Surely at some point, He'd humbled Himself so much. He'd been such an obedient son. Such a good son. Yeah. Surely, at some point, God would grant him the opportunity just to be exalted above His enemies that hated Him so much. Yeah. At some point, somewhere, just one time, isn't that what His disciples wanted? Just a triumph, just our hero, one time. Just give us one show of glory, of might, of power. Just exalt yourself one time that everyone may see and believe. And he was given an opportunity. I guess if you want to call it an opportunity, and when you read in the Scripture and a little title on the top of the Bible will say that he, when he came to Jerusalem, his triumphant ride. <laughs> you read that? 
This is his triumphant ride. And, and y'all remember oh, no. some years ago they come and uh, Bible bookstores were filled. There was all this publicity that, that, that with the initials WWJD. Y'all remember that. It was kind of trendy there for a while. And there was a spin off of that. And I read one time and said, what, what, would, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, this was what would Jesus drive? What would Jesus drive? Interesting, isn't it? Donkey. Well, you can read it. <laughs> what what did he? What would he drive? And he was given his. This was his time. All right, you've done your. You've been. Uh, all the people have hated you. They've make. They've mocked you. They've made fun of you. You have avoided the public eye. You've avoided the glory. Now here's your chance. You're coming back into Jerusalem. This is your triumphant ride. This is your opportunity. And the people are going to praise you. It was prophesied. This had to happen. But instead, I mean, was he worthy of the praise? Amen. He was worthy of the praise. He was the Savior of the world. This was the Son of God. And he, in his example, setting an example for his disciples, he sent them into that town and told them that they were go- that there would be a colt tie. And they brought that colt to him. And it was a... It said it was the foal of an ass. And the, the prophet said, Behold, thy daughter of Zion, thy king cometh unto thee. He is lowly, riding on an ass, the colt, the foal of an ass. It wasn't even full grown. He could have ridden a stallion of great, a great white stallion and been worthy of the grandest chariot or the highest throne. A Clydesdale, big horse, something big and strong. But he got on the colt, the foal of an ass, probably about that tall, and just rode that into, and the people began to come out and throw the Cut down palm leaves. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This was your Lord. This was your Savior. This was the man that gave his life for you. It's not in his interest that his servants exalt themselves and proclaim themselves above to be something great because that's not what he did. He left you an example. And if you claim the name of Christ and you profess to be a Christian, you're going to have to go that way. Man, he come into Jerusalem. He knew what was coming. That was his final that was it. His final triumph. And you all know the story. The Easter story. The power of darkness had his way for a while. And he left. He just went silent. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. Those people hated him so much and began to smite him and beat him. Spit on him. Mocked him. Just, can you imagine? I think probably the 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 humiliation was probably worse than the pain. And they began to put thorns on his head and mocked him in a purple robe. Yeah, you're a king, all right. Now we got you. And they crucified that man, and he gave up the ghost. Yes. Did he get his final triumph? Now he's finally going to triumph after all this denying the glory. (laughs) And on the third day, he knew he told him he was going to rise from the dead the grave could not hold him and they laid the guards they put the guards in front of the grave they said his disciples are going to come steal his body we can't can't have that they're going to take it away and say he rose from the dead he's going to make more fuss after he's gone so they put the guards right there around the grave and during the middle of the night were the multitudes around in the eye of the public people no he could have 
He could have waited. He could have caused some great noise and great lightning and thunder from heaven and caused everyone to come around. The people that thrust the, sword, the spear in his side were not present. But in the very darkness, we morning hours, the Son of God rose from the dead and laid those grave clothes, put them aside. And he just stepped out of that sepulcher and just disappeared into the night. Can you see that? Yes. God bless. Son of God. And he could have had all, everyone around to watch, but he chose. That was his way. That was God's way. Was it a less victorious? No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not. Because right. if you could just see into the spiritual realm. But he's taking the emphasis off the flesh and putting it into the spirit. And if you could read into the spiritual realm, that you behold, lo, there was a great multitude. Not around the tomb. <laughs> but now we're reading in the Revelation, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with right robes and palms in their hands, yeah. and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are the which what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And if you haven't been around our church in the last couple of years and you just, I guess, walked in the door, you may ask us one of the same thing. You see a lot of new faces around now. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? You might wonder that. Who are these? And whence came they? These are they that have come out of great tribulation. Washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to go God's way, you're going to have to sacrifice yourself. Yeah. And leave the glory, leave the honor, yeah, leave, leave the honor. praise, and humble yourself in the way that God humbled His self. And go out of your way to stay out, to keep from being exalted, yes. and to keep your name high above the people. That's just not what God stood for. And if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to walk in that manner. I love you all so much. That's what you